is Tansley Stearns. Tansley Stearns is your greatest challenger and biggest cheerleader. Inspirational human being who loves people. Future forward leadership. Tansley Stearns is a badass. Tansley Stearns is my mom, my hero, and I love her very much. I am Tansley Stearns, and this is Despite Impossible. I am a longtime credit union executive leading Community Financial as president and CEO. I have always admired and been inspired by people whose passion is boundless and who don't comprehend the word impossible. This show focuses on their stories. Today's guest is Greg Hammerman, founder and CEO of Larky, a digital geolocation platform empowering financial institutions' communication and digital engagement. Greg is a serial entrepreneur and a dedicated father. He also serves as the board chair of Big Brothers Big Sisters of Washtenaw County. This is his story. Who is Greg Hammerman? Well, I strive to be, and I I don't know if I always achieve this, but I strive to be, and I'd like other people to see me as someone who's optimistic, somebody who's creative, someone who's energetic, and um, kind. That's who I'd like to be. I think about where those things are important. And for me, it's, you know, to my family. I want to be energetic, creative, kind to my family, to my community and and in my job as well. I don't know if I'm achieving all those things, but I'm trying. Finish this sentence. The world will be a better place when? We all develop more empathy. Mm-hmm. I decided like when I was, I don't know, some, somewhere I had this theory that empathy is the last emotion to actually mature. I don't know if this is true. Is that true? I, I, I have no idea. Oh. Like I'm not, this All is right. not my job, but I just realized yeah. growing up, like you sort of understand certain things, but I, I think it's part of living, right? When you go through an experience, you sort of realize, oh my. And I think this part is probably true. Children, you've got child, I've got children, um, pretty selfish, sort of out of the gate. And they're thinking about themselves. And as you get older, you start to think more about how does this impact other people? How, you know, what, what is what do these actions uh, feel like to somebody else? And I think as I've gotten older, I, I'm trying to become more empathetic. And I think the world will be a better place if people could sort of put themselves in other people's shoes and think, you know, what are they going through right now? What's the situation that's driving them to behave the way they are? When you're at your happiest, most joyful place you're listening to? Girl talk. Oh, <laughs> okay. Can I explain? Because I don't know if everybody loves Girl yes, Talk. So I do. Okay, so Girl Talk is a guy. Yes. His name's Greg Gillis, and I always thought it was kind of funny. I'm Greg. He's Greg. He actually is an engineer. I don't know if you knew that part. I didn't he's know a that. biomedical engineer, what? and he he's a mashup guy, right? So if you ever listen to Girl Talk, um, the big album that I love the most all day is the name of the album. Awesome. Not available at least last time I looked. Not available on Spotify, Pandora, because it's samples. It's all music samples, and it ranges wildly from like. 80s, 90s hip hop to I think the album closes with John Lennon's Imagine. And it's just going and there may be like a 10 second snippet of a song or a 30 second snippet of a song, but there's something that my brain likes. If I'm like, ooh, I recognize this. And then it kind of moves on. And I've seen him in concert twice and it's a party and it's lots of fun. So great. What's one album you listen to from first song to last song? Uh, it's kind of on the same thread in a way, but, um, Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique. So we never talked about Beastie Boys. All right. I love that. I got to see them once. Um, my wife will tell you that I almost got in a physical fight at the concert and she was like, who is this person? Cause you know, those people who know me don't picture me as a fighter or an aggressive person. And we were standing cause that's what you do at concerts. And the person behind us put his foot on the seat, um, 
on the seat that I was sitting on, it had folded up and it sort of hit the back of my legs. And I sort of turned around and said something stupid because I'm not a fighter. And the guy's reaction was like, well, but my, my foot's stuck now. Can you help me? And it was like a, sort of a misunderstanding. But my wife thought it was hilarious that I almost got in a fight at the Beastie Boys concert. But That's amazing. I saw them at Lollapalooza. <gasps> Ooh, mm-hmm. I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. That was good. Tell us what made you laugh out loud lately. Um, a joke I heard this morning that's really short and mostly appropriate. Oh, let's hear it. But not 100%. Um <laughs> Um, uh, why don't boxers have sex the night before a fight? Why? They usually don't like each other that much. Oh, well played, sir. That's great. Sorry. Did one of your daughters tell that? Pardon? Did one of your daughters tell that? No, that's for me. All right. When was the last time you danced so hard your feet were sore? Uh, that's an easy one. You just mentioned my daughter. Uh, my daughter's bat mitzvah. She turned 13 a year or so ago. And so we had the traditional celebration last spring, even as a COVID times were kind of waving. And I think, um, I'm not a particularly religious person, but, um, one of the sort of Jewish tradition things is it's a a good deed to celebrate good occasions. And I, I take that one very seriously. I will admit I pick and choose the things that I follow in my own religion, as a lot of people do in their religions. But I'm big into celebrating good things. And so at Herbat Mitzvah, we were fortunate that we had some really good friends and family that came in from all over the place. And there was a DJ, and she was dancing, and I was dancing. And at the end, my feet were hurting, and that was good. That was really good. Did she pick the playlist? We got to request songs, and she picked some. Not all, but, you know, a good DJ can make a party, right? And so Without question. These folks were the kind of people that many people came up to us afterwards and said, could we have the name of mm-hmm. those folks? Because they did a really, really nice job and got the party moving. So it was fun. When you feel down, you heal by? Uh, mountain biking, riding through the woods of Michigan. We're very lucky to live here where, um, as a mountain biker, it's hilly, not mountainous. So, you know, I've, I have biked. I've been fortunate to bike in lots of different places. I've biked in places where you're literally going up a mountain for an hour in a gear that's kind of painful to be in and going and going and going. Michigan, we have hills and I run out of breath and get to the top and then all of a sudden you're going down the other side. And I love getting out and love seeing nature and I love just the sort of freedom and the feeling of the wind and it's it's the place. I like it. Who's someone you look up to? Okay. So all of the right things I'm supposed to say now about, oh, my dad and my mom and my wife and like all those things just assume like that's the answer. But then the other answer, um, do you know, have you heard of a gentleman named Danny McCaskill? I don't. He's not a widely known person. So it's not like a trick question. Um, Danny McCaskill is a bike rider. Yeah. Uh, Not motorcycle, but bike, but a special kind. He's what they call a trials biker. And so what he does, he's a bike and can do amazing sort of flips and turns and things on his bike. And he's, uh, I think he's Scottish. He's 37 and he's amazing to watch. He does all these YouTube videos and there's something about his demeanor that he's very cheery about how he does it and sort of in a, in a very sweet way. I've never met him. I've seen some interviews with him. He seems like a good guy. But the thing about it is there's these videos that are usually five or seven minutes long, and he's doing these amazing things on a bike. And you think, I could learn to do that, but I've tried, and it's really, really, really hard. And then what they usually have after the video is the sort of bloopers. And what you come to realize is that to do that five-minute video, there are, there are things he did. There's a video that they just released where he was in San Francisco, and one of the things he did was jumped up onto a tennis net 
and rode his bike across the top of a tennis, the white stripe of a tennis net. And in the video, it looks cool, and he's sort of going slow and doing his balance. And in the bloopers reel, they sort of comment that it took 400 takes. Oh. And this is his life, and he's always, there's these bloopers, and he's laughing at himself, and he's having a good time, and he doesn't usually get hurt too much. But it's inspiring to, you know, sort of be lighthearted, but never give up and keep going. And sometimes when I'm feeling a little down about certain things, I can watch some of his videos. I'm going to ask you to watch one with me later, not during the podcast, but they're, they're amazing. So Danny McCaskill. What's a mantra you live by? Uh, and this too shall pass. I had a friend in high school whose mother gave her a ring that said that on it. And I, my gut reaction at the time was, well, that's pretty negative. And <laughs> she, she pointed out to me though. She like said, you know, but it, it's for the good times and the bad times that if you think, you know, today's the most miraculous day, or like tomorrow's going to be a different day. It may not be as good as today. And if you think today's a horrible day, um, you know, tomorrow's a new shot at it. And it's, it's an important thing to keep in mind because there are highs and lows in life. Right. Tell us about your impossible. Um, I have been fortunate to have the opportunity to create companies and creating companies is impossible. <laughs> and it's, it's not impossible, but it's, it's really, really challenging. It's been really challenging for me. I'm thrilled with people who, you know, they come out of the gate and have some great thing, but it's not just that it's hard work, but it's, um, you know, there's points along the way where you doubt yourself. There's so many great ideas that we take for granted now that when you hear the origin story, you think, you know, like, um, you know, Uber. So like, Hey, you're going to get in a car with a stranger and get a ride somewhere. And like, at first I, I picture, I don't even know the guy's name who started it. Maybe Travis. Um, you know, you tell your friends, I've got this idea. We're going to let people give people rides. And everyone looks at you like, you're insane. This is never going to work. And then you get like a little bit of traction. There's all the, you know, things that go forward and things that go back. It's, it's, uh, near impossible. Greg's humor and genuine personality are refreshing. His approach to business is additive, not a zero-sum game. Greg believes in progress by iteration. I've witnessed his openness to pivot away from features, build new ones, and co-create the solutions he's launched. Impossibilities require this openness and hunger for progress. What are some of the challenges you've faced that felt insurmountable? There's so many. Um learning an industry. Mm. I've started three different companies now. One was in the medical space. One was in the engineering space, now in financial space. And I, I sort of took great pride in this earlier in my career that cool, I get to learn all kinds of new things, but it, it's hard and it seems insurmountable. And there's a club, right? Any industry you go into, people know each other. There's a lingo. There's all this stuff that happens. There's that. There's the getting the first customer. I mean, there's People that want to know that you're, you know, they're excited about what you're doing. They want to hear more. And then they sort of ask, oh, can we talk to some references? And there's a huge milestone. It seems insurmountable of who's going to be the first um, hiring. You know, there's one thing about, you know, all of my companies, I think I started as like me sweating it out and that's okay. I can do that. But convincing somebody to take some risk and join me on the adventure um, sometimes seems insurmountable. Um Making payroll sometimes seems insurmountable. Hiring, building a team, there, there's a lot. Sorry, I could go on for this question a long time, but there there's, seems to be many things. Was there a point in your journey where you felt like giving up? In every company that I've been involved with, yes. Mm. No doubt about it. Um, can I tell a little story? Please. I have a friend, I live in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I have a friend who's a pediatrician, I believe. 
and he wrote a book about the importance of kids playing and playtime. And actually, I think it's about roughhousing a little bit of their, their, you know, kids are kids and it's okay for kids to get bruised sometimes when they're playing. And he was telling me about writing this book. And this is not someone I'm great friends with. It's the kind of person you see socially at a party and you talk for a couple minutes, whatever. But he wrote this book and I picked up a copy in the bookstore and I was looking at it and I was looking through the acknowledgements and he thanked me. And I was like, this is not somebody I know well enough to be thanked. Why am I next to his mom and his dad and his coworkers and all this stuff? And there was like 30 people. It wasn't just me. But um, I saw him later and I was like, dude, do you know another Greg Hammerman? Like, what the heck? Why am I in your book? And he's like, no. What happened was we were at this party and I was telling you about, you know, my life of working in my medical practice during the day, trying to be a dad when I came home and hanging out with my girls. And then at night doing the book and it was really, really hard. And, you know, I was at a point where I was thinking about not doing it. And you said something to me like, oh, you know, you'll make it. You're great. And I would have never remembered this comment, but it was meaningful enough to him that he put me in the thanks in his book. And it sort of struck me as, you know, to your question, have I ever felt like quitting? Yeah. And I, I, I don't know that people always realize that comments that seem sort of offhanded can build you up. And at that moment where you feel like quitting can turn the direction like, no, we are going to make it. I am going to do this. I'm going to finish that book or I'm going to get over this. And sometimes, unfortunately, comments people make that maybe they don't mean as much by them can be sort of devastating in those vulnerable times. But I'm thankful that a lot of people have made more positive comments and I haven't given up yet. Would you share another story about something that went bananas at a time that you can now look back and laugh about? Uh, yes. One of my other companies that was in the engineering space, part of what we did was we shipped out engineering information. We like sent to engineers all over the world. Well, we had a partner that basically shut down their warehouse. I think they may have had a strike and they're like, Hey, could you cover for us? And as a growing business, we're like, sure, we'd love to, but it was literally like 10 times as much stuff happening as we were sort of set up to do. And we all, we also knew it was temporary. Like we were just covering stuff. So we can't like, let's rent a new space. Let's build a team. And there was like no warning. And so it was one of those times where it was like all hands on deck. Like I'm pretty sure my parents came in and they were like filling boxes and girlfriends and like pizza parties and three in the morning. And at the time it was like, this is bananas. This is insane. This is unsustainable. And then it ended up that we had a better relationship with this partner afterwards, but it, it, did pass and this too shall pass as the mantra goes, right? Achieving your impossible is one thing, but there aren't any fairy tales with happy endings. We reach milestones, keep going. What challenges is your impossible still facing? Uh, I mean, you're right. Like, you know, if my impossible is creating companies and it's never done, we had a, a mentor to me early on that he was this older guy and he had a thick accent and I don't picture he ever played video games, but he always made this comment of like, we've finished that screen. Now we go to the next level. And it was always the next level. I mean, he, I think he sort of pictured it like you're playing Mario or something and you're never going to say, congratulations, you won. It's always just going to be like next, next, next. I mean, I think the challenge what I think about a lot in the business I'm in now is continuing to create remarkable experiences for everybody, for all of our stakeholders, for our customers, for members of credit unions, for our staff and, you know, trying to figure out how do we get better and better at making uh, interactions with us remarkable. What's your advice for folks to face their fear of inaction and use the fire in their bellies to bring their impossible to life? Uh, take small steps, right? Mm-hmm. So like 
Um, my wife's a big runner. You're a big runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a big runner. But there's all the, you know, couch to 5K things. And nobody ever says, like, hey, if you want to run a marathon, a good idea is to go outside and start to run a marathon. Like, people would think that's ridiculous. Um, you know, my world is starting companies. And I do talk to a lot of people that are, you know, I want to do this, but I don't know how to get started or I'm scared. I can't quit my day job. I, I would never tell somebody quit your day job as day one. You know, what is the little milestone you can do? Maybe it's talk to five potential customers, set up a couple of calls and talk to some people if they'd like what you do. Maybe it's register a domain name, like who, who knows, but do a little something. So you're starting to move down the path. I'm also a huge fan of, you got to do something. You got to talk to people. If you the world's an imperfect place. You know, um, me and my company, you know, things have changed and evolved through the years. If we sat around thinking, how, what's the perfect thing that everybody's going to love, we would have never launched. We had to get out there to get real feedback from real people. So cut it up into little pieces, start doing something, and learn as you go. What's your next impossible, my friend? Uh I am fortunate to be involved with Big Brothers Big Sisters, and I um, was a Big Brother Big Sister for 20 years. My little brother is now um, expecting their first, his first kid with his significant other, so that's all exciting. And I'm board chair now for Big Brothers Big Sisters of Washtenaw County, where I live, and we're always thinking about how we can grow and how we can work with more kids. And so that's a different part of my brain, but it is the next impossible of you know how can we work with more kids in the community. Mentorship. Greg has been committed to Big Brothers Big Sisters for over two decades. His why? The doors open when you can count on someone to be there for you, be present to chat, and provide counsel. My life has been enhanced by the many mentors in my life, some in a formal mentorship capacity, and some who have unknowingly stepped in and made impact. How are you intentionally playing that role in someone's life today? This concludes today's episode. For exclusive content, visit us at despiteimpossible.com and subscribe to this podcast.